everybody. Happy Christmas and welcome to a special holiday edition of Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. Today, we're going to do things a little bit differently uh, than we usually do because, um, of course, we're currently in between seasons two and three and Normally, we try to find content to talk about that covers roughly the period of time that we're in in The Crown, but today, it's holiday season, it's uh, Oscar movie season, and so everything pointed to today, you know, talking about a movie that people briefly thought would get some Oscar buzz probably won't get as much as uh, people were at first anticipating, but uh, is kind of a holiday movie? Eh? Um, that we watched this week, and that, of course, is Pablo Lorraine's Spencer, starring Kristen Stewart, Timothy Spall, Sally Hawkins, Jack Farthing, and Sean Harris. The New York Times called it a Christmas movie in which a big, dysfunctional family gathers at the holiday to feast, exchange gifts, and engage in peculiar traditions meant to provide a bit of fun. The New York Times also called it a horror movie about a fragile woman held captive in a spooky mansion tormented by sadistic monsters and their treacherous minions. The New York Times called this movie a psychological thriller about a powerful, unaccountable authoritarian cabal conspiring to crush the spirit of an independent-minded rebel. And the New York Times again called this movie a love story, a melodrama of maternal devotion, an early 90s fashion parade, and a very British baking show. As always, joining me today are my two wonderful co-hosts. First, a guy who plans on putting on three pounds this Christmas. It's Ivan Vukovic. Three pounds over three days. Ivan, is that a lot? What's the strategy here? Oh, that's the bare bit minimum. <laughs> like with, with the way I holiday, like uh, three pounds is a pipe dream. <laughs> also back with us today, a woman who likes middle class things like Les Mis and fast food. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, are these actually middle class things? <laughs> those are things i enjoy um <laughs> i feel like they are well like lay Miz and family opera feel very like middle maybe middle like upper class i feel before the theater tickets in the 90s but fast food is definitely a um i feel like that's an egalitarian thing everyone can have fast food i think correct me if i'm wrong isn't it in japan they do fast they go they go kfc on christmas Yes, it's a big thing there, and, and apparently you have to reserve your order ahead of time. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Diane that needs to go fun. to Japan. <laughs> she does. <laughs> yeah. All right. As always, you know, off the top, we're not, you know, royal family experts. We are, you know, not uh, learned in the life of Princess Diana, and obviously we're kind of, uh, you know, jumping the timeline a little bit to talk about this movie, given... The, the timing of, you know, uh, where we are right now in the, in the holiday season, we just wanted to talk about it. We, we didn't care that it's not, you know, in line with our current watch. We're just going at it today. But if we get some things wrong, you know what? Just roll with it. We're, we're doing our best here. Um, and so to get things kicked off today, Carlin, uh, can you give us a quick recap of the movie Spencer? Yeah, okay, I'll try to keep this quick because my paragraph is actually really long. <laughs> so this movie takes place over Christmas Eve to Boxing Day in 1991, and we are following Diana, Princess of Wales, who was the daughter <laughs> was the daughter of a sort of British aristocrat who married into the family about 10 years prior, and she obviously at that point has Harry and William. 
And basically, we start off, Diana gets lost driving herself to Sandringham, where is sort of where the traditional Christmas events take place. And throughout the fun holiday times, she's constantly struggling with the traditions that the royal family sort of requires within the framework of this event, including a lot of stuff about like weight. So she has to like weigh in. There's an expectation she'll gain three pounds, but and there's a lot of outfit changes. And we sort of understand very early on in the film that Diana struggles with bulimia. And it's just sort of aggravated like tenfold by being in this environment. On top of that, she's suffering from a certain amount of paranoia surrounding an assumed affair that Charles is having with um, Camilla Parker Bowles. And there's sort of like these signs popping up everywhere. And it sort of accumulates mostly in these pearls that she gets a pearl necklace for Christmas on Christmas Eve. And she's very aware that it's sort of the same one that Charles has given Camilla. So that's like a source of extra angst in her life. And on top of that, like she mostly is confiding in her staff. And there's a particular member, Maggie, who is her dresser, that is kind of like the only person she trusts in this very hostile environment. There are like other members of the staff that are watching her in particular. There is a guard. I don't remember his name, but like very prominent like guard who has to be like watching her and is like telling her like, you really have to like stick to your privacy. Everyone's watching you. It has a lot to do with like the press type thing. Basically, Maggie gets sent back to London and Diana just sort of spirals more and more. We get a lot of um, painful body horror scenes like amidst all of that. She also is like being haunted by Anne Boleyn because someone put a book in her room and she thinks it like very strongly is paralleling her experience because as explained in the movie, Anne Boleyn was one of the wives of Henry VIII who was beheaded because she was accused of having an affair, but in fact, the king was having the affair, which obviously is like a very clear parallel to what Diana is experiencing with Charles's affair and where she thinks it can go from there. And she is also attempting to get back into her childhood park home, which is like right next door to Sandringham, but it's been like boarded up and no one will let her go. And every time she tries to leave the castle, there are like local policemen and then like the royal guard who are like keeping tabs on her. And basically, she has no one really to confide in in this situation. So she just keeps going more and more sort of over the edge until she like straight up skips out on one of the dinners to go to Park House. She breaks in and there is an implication that she is about to take her own life. And then the ghost of Anne Boleyn shows up and basically is like, no, like you have to keep going. And like find your freedom and so the next day well first of all the next day maggie comes back and then <laughs> maggie confesses um that she has a gay crush on diana uh, and then they kind of have a a nice moment she says she wants to fill diana's life with a love and shock and then basically the boys are going shooting for the first time shooting the pheasants which i guess is just like something you do on christmas when you're royal and Diana straight up just like walks into the field as they're like shooting all these pheasants. And she's like, I'm taking William and Harry. And then everyone's just kind of so dumbstruck that they let her do it. And then she drives them back to London and they get KFC and life is good. Thanks, Carlin. Um, so this obviously is our first introduction to Princess Diana on film and television that we're talking about here on The Crown, because as I've mentioned several times, we're doing we're going a little bit out of the norm today. And obviously, I feel like we all know 
just through cultural context that Diana was um, a person who dealt with a lot of like demons um, internally and I guess to some extent uh, externally as well. But I feel like this movie, you know, when it, when when people were like, hey, guess what? Kristen Stewart is playing Princess Diana. Everybody got very excited. They were like, ooh, Kristen Stewart's going for her Oscar. And I thought Kristen Stewart's performance was pretty good. And, you know, the costumes were obviously pretty good as well. But I thought the movie overall, it kind of lacked subtlety or nuance. Um, I'm thinking particularly to the musical score, which gave me quite a headache until she went to KFC and there was serene piano music. Um, so <laughs> um, I think I, I was a little, I wanted to be higher on this movie, but I was overall kind of down on it. Uh, Carlin, what, what did you think about this movie? I am going to give it a solid mixed review because I do think the aesthetics were on point, And I think the ultimate vision of the movie of being like this sort of royal family gothic was really interesting. And at some points, well executed in like very particular scenes. And we can talk about this later. And then with Kristen Stewart's actual performance, I thought it was a good performance, but then didn't feel as chameleon-esque as I like expect from someone playing such a like known figure where like people really know what diana's like mannerisms and blah blah blah, blah. like all, people know about that so like i feel like it didn't go as deep into that i thought the costumes were excellent but like am i also a chanel whore a little bit yeah so like i very much appreciated <laughs> all her outfits um and but otherwise i just felt like it was so focused on diana that like no other character besides like a couple were given any depth so there wasn't really much for Kristen to like work off of besides like just the internal turmoil and I feel like you could only have internal turmoil work for so long in a psychological thriller so it, it, mixed review. Ivan I feel like you were the first of us to watch this movie and your impression based on the text that you sent our group was pretty negative but you didn't really elaborate at the time so I'm curious to hear like what and you've also, I feel like you also watched this a couple weeks ago. So you've had like a longer amount of time to kind of marinate on this. Like what, what are your takeaways from Spencer? Yeah. So, you know, I, I really have to approach this movie with like the right mindset because from the very get go, it does not, uh, you know, purport to be a true story. Um, you know, it has kind of a, a disclaimer at the beginning that it's, uh, you know, kind of a fable based off a real story or or maybe I'm getting this confused with W.E. now, but both no, movies it basically says a, a fable okay. from a true tragedy. Right, right. So with that being the case, uh, we're not exactly watching this movie with the same lens that we watched The Crown or any of the other, you know, works that try to be more uh, biographic in nature. Uh, let's see, before anything else, I will say I agree with Carlin. A really good performance from Kristen Stewart, but I don't think she really disappears into this role um, as much as many of the other actors that we've seen portraying royal family members do. Um, you know, it, it very much feels like I'm watching watching Kristen Stewart and, and not Diana Spencer. Uh, but overall, I, going back to this, you know, notion of, hey, this is a, you know, fictional story that born out of real life events. Uh, when you already establish that as being, you know, the the narr when you're already establishing the movie as having that level of creative liberty, I feel like you could have then told a much more interesting story than the one that they told here uh, because they could have, you know, 
they could have gone all out with this, but I feel like they still kept it within, uh, you know, the, the confines of what really happened historically with with respect to her disillusion uh, with, uh, you know, Charles and the royal family. Uh, but for a movie that is, you know, again, according to some, you know, critics and reviewers, hey, you know, psychological thriller, um, you know, horror film, I feel like it's very tame in that sense. So it, it doesn't really, it didn't really scratch my itch for either a biopic or a psychological thriller if that makes sense yeah i know that makes sense carlin you and i talked a little bit about this yesterday but it's like there aren't a lot of like external factors in the movie that seem to really be like getting on like getting to diana like her one interaction with queen elizabeth is actually like kind of pleasant like (laughs) the queen is like hey i didn't wear what they picked out for me either so it was it was hard to get like a sense of like everything I think that is really getting it and and also like obviously like the paparazzi really gets to her as we know but they do everything that they can to make sure the paparazzi are like nowhere on the premises. So yeah, no, they, yeah. <laughs> it's like there were there were all these like signifiers that could have been sort of like these monster figures that like i was saying like if they had really upped it as a psychological thriller and like taken those liberties because like in real life probably nothing really happened on the strip so like they could have used the paparazzi as like ghoul figures outside of the house they could have i don't know made the royal family say more mean things than they do or like locked her in rooms or just like it, it didn't go hard enough it really didn't go hard enough they could have literally had Elizabeth turn into a reptilian monster and chase Diana down the hallway <laughs> of the castle. Like they, they could have done anything like there was nothing holding the back. But instead, it was all just about, you know, her own internal conflict, all culminating with the removal of a pearl necklace. Yeah. Also, like, I feel like Camilla wasn't mentioned enough. Like, I feel like that was, again, really easy of like. Why wasn't she ever snooping around Charles's room and like finding signs that like he's still carrying around stuff with Camilla? Like, you know, again, it's like there were just little mentions of things like there was that one moment at the church where like she sees Camilla and you're like, okay, could you have threaded that throughout? I got the sense that like by this point in time, Diana was already just done with Charles specifically. Uh, This was more about her just severing ties to the entire family altogether and and from royal life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we also got like she has that scene at the end with the the head chef Darren. Darren, yeah. my favorite. I love Darren. <laughs> love Sean. Can we talk about Darren later. <laughs> For sure. I mean, we can talk about Darren whenever we want to. But Darren is even like, hey, look, all the staff members are also pulling for you. Like she has, I feel like a support system if she wants it. She just doesn't really take it. They clearly should have shown her not being allowed to watch Phantom of the Opera, like. <laughs> What are they keeping her from doing? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Sam, what were your feelings about the movie? So my feeling on the movie is that if I had to trap my nemesis in a room and force them to watch a Christmas movie for the rest of eternity, it would probably be this movie. I never <laughs> need to see this movie again. I, I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. The score gave me a headache. There was not very much plot, which is, you know... I have a hard time with movies that really don't have plot. And this one didn't have much of a plot for me. I don't know. They they kept like giving all these like little hints of things that might happen. They were like, Diana better not go into that house. The floor will cave in on her. It didn't. 
Like, <laughs> they kept giving us all these, like, tidbits of, like, things that might happen that didn't. So, I don't know. It just, it wasn't a good movie to me. Um, it was not my cup of tea. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, again, it, 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 to me, it just kind of fell flat on all accounts. Um, again, I, I just don't know what they were trying to do here in terms of storytelling. Like, I, I still don't really know what her arc in this movie is and, and like, what the what specifically was the moment of catharsis at the end that allowed her to just kind of escape from that life? Like, I'm a bit at a loss. Well, it was Anne Boleyn telling her that she needs to find the will to live. <laughs> Do you not see that dance sequence? <sighs> yeah. I, okay. So g- going into the recording of this episode, uh, you know, my my feelings about this movie since I saw it have been fairly consistent. They they kind of index somewhere between like uh, you know neutral to negative, m- m- more so on the side of negative, and I don't think it was up until the second where Carlin concluded her summary of this film that I solidified my opinion that I hated it. (laughs) I'm glad I could do that for you. Because like, yeah, just listening to, you know, what, what the plot was or, or lack thereof made me go, Oh yeah. Okay. This is why it didn't do it for me. Cause this was just an incoherent mess. All right, so I guess we can we can dive into some more of the details of the story now. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, very on-the-nose kind of uh, metaphors and symbolism. Uh, the first one we get is this dead pheasant that we see in a very extended car procession. Every car in the procession has to run over the, the pheasant at the beginning of the movie. And I guess that's Diana. And at the end, she saves the pheasants, so she's alive. But it's just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Wait, wait, were they running over the pheasant? Uh, like They were running through, like they almost ran over the pheasant. To come right, up. right. I thought the tire was like, was like veering just past the pheasant, just to the side of it. Okay, over as in like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh. It, it was it was actually a pretty cool. It was actually a pretty cool shot. Like, uh, not gonna lie. Like, I like that. But that that entire opening scene was really bizarre because it created this like it 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 gave the, the sense that there was a whole militaristic nature to the way that catering worked at Sandringham. Because like, I, I, the, I think that's real. I think they have to check all the food. I know, but it just seems so intense the way they went about like delivering the food to the kitchens. Yeah. Also, it wasn't a movie about um a really intense cooking. It wasn't about Darren. It feels like the start of Darren's movie. <laughs> Could have been. Uh, this. I feel like this is the first time we've really seen like Sandringham from the outside. That place is much larger than I had imagined oh, yeah. it being. That was amazing. I had yeah. no visual idea of what it looked like, but it, it's like a castle, like storybook castle. And because we're going a little out of order here uh, historically, like this is the first time we've seen people arriving at Sandringham like uh, via automobile as opposed to a train ride correct <laughs> yeah I oh guess. really i i yeah because I like because diana just drove herself to the estate whereas i feel like even as as recently as season two of the crown there were scenes of elizabeth going back and forth via train well see i think diana just sort of ran away <laughs> they might have all been on a train <laughs> and yeah. then had to like get driven right? but by the I way 
but by the way, when when uh, during the entire maybe first third of the movie, did did you two get a sense that they were deliberately trying to conceal the royal family and not like feature them as much? Because uh, I, yeah. I I was convinced for a while that we were not going to get any scenes with the queen or with Charles or anybody, and that they were all just going to be either in the background or that we would just actually skip past any actual interactions that she had with them. Okay, I definitely thought they were going to do that with at least the queen. Like, and she was going to be like a weird looming monster figure that you never see. Exactly. Yes. And I kind of wish they had gone that direction, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because again, like the when we finally interacted with her, she wasn't like mean to Diana. But I feel like if she doesn't say anything, then this idea kind of like plays with your mind. And it it does more if she does less, honestly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I feel like, yeah, if the only interaction we really get with the royal family is through the character of Major Gregory, played by Timothy Spall, that does more for the movie because he is honest. Who's worse, him or Tommy Lassels? Uh, probably, probably Timothy Spall's character. Like, just because he he did not, I, I don't think he really demonstrated any authority or subject matter expertise. Like with, with Tommy Lassels, it's like he can be a bit misguided at times, but generally I feel like that guy knows what he's doing and what he's talking about, whereas th- this guy seems to have no real credibility. I can't imagine Tommy Lassels ever um, like sewing Elizabeth's window shut. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wait, did he do that himself or did he make a, a seamstress character do it? Well, you know, you know where it comes from, though. Like, obviously, it comes oh, from, yeah, yeah. I don't know that he does it himself. Well, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can see Tommy doing that. I also don't understand, like, how with an estate that big, paparazzi photos would ever be a concern. Like, isn't, you know, that that gate hundreds of yards away? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They just, sorry, Diana cannot open her curtains. Like, sorry, it's just part of the, that's her hazing ritual. No light. Major Gregory is a former military man. He's clearly gone through some trauma. It seems like just in Ireland, he he participated in, in kind of like that, you know, that issue. Now he just works for the royal family, making sure everybody gets where they they need to go on time. But he's also the security detail. He also is the one who weighs them. He wears many hats now for, for the royal family. He also has too many it's hats. It's a very unrealistic <laughs> job, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. I saw, uh, you know, maybe a month or two before the movie came out, a tweet uh, where they had taken, uh, I guess there were, you know, a couple of different character posters promoting this film. Uh, this film and uh, one of them was for you know timothy spall is major alistair gregory and it's you know just a literally just a shot of him uh, and nothing else and the tweet was like who in the world is looking at this poster and saying whoa timothy spall is in this as major <laughs> alistair gregory i'm seeing this movie now <laughs> oh yeah i had never God. i had no idea who this person was before the movie that's funny <laughs> It's weird, right? Because Diana, we get this moment with her and Darren, but it seems like her and Darren are friends. Her, uh, she and um, obviously her her maid Maggie are friends. Like she has a lot of friends that she seems that she's able to confide in here at Sandringham. I guess is this like from her time growing up next door that she knows these people? 
Um, I think they were just with the royal family. Like she's been married for ten years, so I think she's. So it's kinda, just like over time, they've, they've developed yeah. a relationship. I think so. Over the course of the eighties. Yeah, exactly. But everybody seems to be there to support her from the from the staff perspective, and her relationship with Maggie definitely takes a third act turn. <laughs> it took the most random third act turn. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. So Maggie is uh kind of there to provide a, you know, a helpful ear, but uh Maggie is not strict enough with Diana, and so Charles sends Maggie away, and then there's like hearsay that Maggie has been shit talking Diana behind her back, which makes Diana very paranoid, and then she forces Maggie back, and then Maggie tells Diana that she's in love with her. What a what a dramatic turn. And I thought the the weirdest thing was like Diana was like, "Hey, did you say I'm paranoid?" And then <laughs> Maggie is like, "Okay, but before I answer your question, I love you." <laughs> did she ever answer the question? <laughs> I no. I missed it. I don't think she does. Also, again, this is where they could have taken artistic liberties and they didn't. They didn't go all the way. Why didn't they have a kiss? Come on. Come on, she's already she's already having a bad time. Let let her have a kiss. Well, also, like, what does that re- reveal accomplish? Nothing. It's <laughs> it's for the it's for all the lesbians that they know are going to see this movie because it's Kristen Stewart, and they wanted to throw them a little bone, but they know that Diana's real family would be like, she is not gay. You can't do that in your movie. So they had to do this. Right, but 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 within the narrative of the movie, like, what was that supposed to? What was that supposed to mean for Diana? Just like reassurance that she's loved by at least someone? <laughs> I, I, I guess. I guess, but like we got that obviously in the Darren scene. So it's just like a more. <laughs> <The> Darren. <laughs> Darren. I think, I, Darren I, I, I think that's a more. different type of love. But exactly. Like but this is just like that scene matter, to a next. Yeah. Because we never really get the sense that she is particularly suffering from a lack of romantic love. Like it's implied because Charles is a dick. But like it's never shown as like a need she is not having fulfilled, so it doesn't play. It's not. It doesn't. You know. Right. It doesn't work. I don't know. Yeah. And I thought that Kristen, not Kristen. I thought that Diana's reaction to Maggie. Telling no, 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 no. It is Kristen because again, she does not disappear into this role. No, the laugh got. I, yeah, I the reaction to Maggie's like announcement was just awkward and uncomfy. It was just like her, she just starts laughing for like a minute. But like I found like it was such a weird laugh. Is that how Kristen laughs? I don't even think that's how Kristen laughs. Um, as no, our was first, very yeah, it was super awkward. Uh, as our first introduction to Diana, this was also our first introduction to uh, William and Harry. We get young William and Harry in this movie, and I don't think we've talked about them yet. You know, William very put together for a young lad. Here, he seems to worry a lot about his mother, and it's weird because I feel like in some ways, like they set up William to be like what Charles was set up to be in the crown where, you know, he doesn't want to go out shooting things. And Charles is the one now who I guess has gone to Gordonston. Um, yep. He's tough now and he shoots things. So it's weird to see that relationship, you know, just uh, reappear a generation later. Well, as we do know from that placard at the end of the Gordonston episode, William and Harry do go to Eden. So they're, <laughs> they're sissy boys. It's good. Yeah. Look what you did, Philip. <laughs> Look what you inflicted on your this family. Th- Where was Philip? Why didn't we see he any Philip? He was just kind of in some background shots. 
but I thought they were so cute. I mean, were were you a were you a fan of the William and Harry representation that we got? I, I mean, yes, if for no other reason than they felt like the only two like other actual human beings in the movie. Because I think like probably one of the best scenes in the movie, or actually like all of the best scenes in the movie are just when she's with the two of them and they're, you know, having real life human conversations and and it's not you know it 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 feels like a completely different film like the 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 scene where they're you know up at night like playing games and just messing around like that that was delightful that that was fun to watch but it was from an entirely different film than the rest of this one was and 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 it must be said like the the scene at the end where they're leaving Sandringham and you know they're they're singing along to all i need is a miracle by mike and the mechanics like that <laughs> to me was the moment where like you know my wife and i looked at each other in the theater just started giggling like thinking what the fuck is this movie <laughs> like how, how how is this how it ends and and i will say that that like entire like stretch uh, of the film where they're you know leaving up until the point where they get to kfc like there were maybe four or five shots in that sequence that i thought would be the final shots of the film like i thought it was just about to you know cut to black but then it just kept going the moment that i want to talk about with william specifically is they're they're playing this game where one of them is the major and if you're the major you can ask a question of the group and everybody has to answer honestly and so Diana is playing the role of the major and she asks William, hey, what's your perfect Christmas? And William is basically like, no rules. And I feel like we've talked about this before where it's like, I feel like so often people who are, you know, either the king or the queen or are going to be the king or the queen are portrayed as like, I don't want this though. <laughs> like, I, do we need this scene I, it was just, it felt a little bit random to me and a little bit cliche given all the content that we've watched now. Well, I think the interesting thing is like they even have Diana talk about it like very briefly of like she doesn't seem to want to be queen either. And it feels like this weird meta where like everyone watching it knows she doesn't get to be queen. So it's like, why are you including this? We all know what happened. But yeah, no, I didn't feel like it added too much with because we don't really get much. I think William as a caretaker was more interesting than like thinking of William as a future mm -hmm. king. I just saw a note that I took about Diana's shower, which is like a 360 degree shower. Did you guys oh, see that? Oh, that was awesome. I wanted <laughs> yeah, that, that shower. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not think that would be in Sandringham, but like go with them for putting that in. Yeah, it's basically like a, a series of like uh, circular pipes that you just stand in the middle of as they shoot water at you from like every so angle. So cool. <laughs> yeah, that thing was cool. I would try it. I don't know if I would like it. It feels like a lot. Maybe that was part of her torture was she didn't really like that shower, but that was the only place to shower. All right. Should we talk about the Anne Boleyn in the room? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ivan. <laughs> so we, we learned at the end that basically... Timothy Spall, as Major Alastair Gregory, has, uh, before Princess Diana's arrival, put a book of Anne Boleyn on Diana's bed as, like, a warning. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, allegedly, but we see him at the end of the movie putting it back on the shelf. So, like, someone in Sandringham has done this. What, you think it was Darren? Like, what? It was not Darren. Don't, don't you be bad-talking Darren. I think it had to have been him. Who else would it have been? Anne herself. 
Okay, here's the real question. Are there actually ghosts in this movie or not? Or is she just hallucinating the whole time? And where do the hallucinations come from? This is where I feel like they could have taken this whole thing much farther. Like, the, yeah. the problem is, like, you, you, they dip their toes into these kind of, you know, uh, magical realism elements, and then they don't go all out with it. For sure. Um, but Anne Boleyn is there throughout the movie, basically, you know, telling her that she needs to get out. Um, and eventually... Uh, she's the one who uh, makes Princess Diana break the necklace. So do we think that Diana is going to continue seeing Anne Boleyn throughout the rest of her life um, as just like the person who will tell her what she needs to hear? No, I think this is a one one Christmas deal. It's an isolated event. I mean, yeah, I really hope, again, I don't know, but to have such an on-the-nose like historical figure talking to her, Diana better have been obsessed with Anne Boleyn in real life. I mean, wasn't Anne Boleyn like accused of like having like an incestuous relationship with her brother? No. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I thought that was a thing. That would have been more interesting if Diana had been <laughs> accused of having an incestuous relationship with her brother. Yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a weird uh, I think parallel to make, but I I get why they did that. I guess because Anne Boleyn is such like a known figure. People love Anne Boleyn. Although we did get a Jane Seymour shout out. <laughs> so oh, yeah, shout out to Jane Seymour. <laughs> One of the Wait, other what was the Jane what was the Jane Seymour? Oh, oh, that Jane Seymour. Never mind. <laughs> Do you know another Jane Seymour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harley Quinn Medicine. Or no, no, what's what's the what's the medicine woman show? What? This might have been a little before your time. The Jane Seymour, show. the actress. Uh, Maybe that's who they were talking about. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. This was a show that was on in like the mid nineties. <laughs> okay. Um, it was a different Jane Seymour. I got confused. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. Dana's, Dana clips her curtains open. Then she cuts her arm with the clippers. That was horrifying. That was terrible. I, didn't, I yeah. didn't like that. Can we go back to the whole thing about the ghosts for a second, by the way? <laughs> so, like, here's the other thing. Like, Anne Boleyn, like, that that was all centuries ago, right? Yeah. Yes. So, like... Like, there. Why is she haunting an estate that was probably built long after she was dead? How long has it been there? No one. Yeah, I don't know that we no know that. There's no placard. Yeah, they should have said like Sandringham established this year. No, Sandringham looks like pretty modern, relatively speaking. Like it, it's not a castle <laughs> from like the 15th speaking. century. Uh, do you know a lot about castles? It looks pretty old to me. I don't know. It looked old to me as well. I mean. Maybe it was renovated. I don't know. Interior wise, like it, it, it looked like it was built with like modern comforts and amenities in mind. Oh, I think they just put those in every like hundred years. Well, maybe maybe Anne Boleyn doesn't haunt like a physical place. She just haunts the royal family as a. She just as haunts you when you're having a really bad <laughs> time with an affair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, what 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 does but what does Anne get out of this? It, it's not like Diana like freed her spirit in the end. That's not the point. When do ghosts ever get anything in these haunting movies? I don't think that she is a ghost. Obviously, I think she's a figment of of Diana's imagination. <laughs> Who knows? I guess. Also, why did she stop um, hallucinating horrible pearl eating scenes? Like that just stopped. They didn't go. They didn't keep going with that. But that was probably one of the. I think that was my favorite like horrorish moment in the whole movie, and I thought they should have done more of that. When she was eating the that pearls, was, that was horrifying. That was like yeah. I will never forget that. <laughs> and that was pretty early on too. Like like yeah. Like at that point, I just assumed it was going to continue to escalate from there, but but it, it 
never really like reach those heights again. No, you can't. You well, can't there was do the, your. There was her like falling down the stairs. Uh, but they didn't. Uh, no, that was they. Oh, they not quite. You know what we didn't mention? The scarecrow. And that was the what jacket. I was about to mention. Oh yeah, that wasn't scary enough either. <laughs> the scarecrow is named Birdie, and I was confused. Is that just like a pet name? Is it supposed to be like Birdie that we know? Which Birdie is like what? Why is it called Birdie? Um, I think Albert is just like a generic English name. That's what I assumed. Birdie is like the generic yeah, me, me like too. John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's where um, my mind went. I thought the scarecrow was kind of scary. Like when they got up close to it, it looked kind of it was kind of freaky. But like they didn't have it looming as like a ghoul. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying that. <laughs> this was another looming ghoul they could have had. They also didn't emphasize that her dad's dead. Like, come on, come on. There's so many sources of angst in her life. Let's go. Wait, remind me, the, the scene where she went up to the scarecrow and, and got the jacket, was that at the very beginning of the movie or did that happen yes. a little later in? Yeah, it was at the beginning. Very beginning. Oh, that was a very cool shot, I will say, like her, yeah. her making her way across the field. I'm surprised she didn't fall. She was like wearing heels and like that looked really muddy. And like, I get why she didn't fall for like movie purposes, but impressive. I was impressed. See, I wasn't a fan of the shot. I thought it took way too long. Like, do we need to watch her walk across <laughs> yes. the entire field? Yes. Yeah, we you do. You gotta show off that um, fabulous jacket. I really like that jacket. She, again, she had so many good outfits. The A-line skirt. Wow. Vibes. Yeah. The church outfit. <laughs> uh, at the end of the movie, we see Birdie the Scarecrow getting dressed up in the green dress. What is the symbolism here that Birdie's now wearing a green dress? Wait, was it not yellow? Wait, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the symbolism, I mean, because it's not scary. I think it was either meant to imply that like, because it was, to me, it seemed like a very negative moment, but it was like surrounded by a happy, like her resolution. So I don't really know. Because to me, it was like her being like, all right, I'm up on the post. Like, let God take me. Like, you, you know, scarecrows just get, like, abused by weather and kind of creepily hang out. But also maybe that's her Spencer-ness watching over the Sandringham. I don't know. I don't, I know don't think. think any of the people who made this movie, like, considered all of these finer details. I think we're reaching a lot farther than they did right now. You think that it was just like, you know, it would be fun if she dresses up, if she, if she dresses up the scarecrow and then she just did. puts yeah. it in Chanel. No, it, it, it'll be fun and kooky. <laughs> All right. And then one of the, I think one of the last things I want to talk about is this idea of like currency. I think it first comes up uh, with the queen when the queen says that the only portrait that will end up mattering of you is the one that they take and they put on money um, because that's when you know that you're just currency. And then Diana, I feel like really just runs with this metaphor for the rest of the movie. I feel like she says yeah, the word currency like six or seven a times. Coin? Isn't no that way, Charles? right? Like is it there? Yeah, that that implies that like every member of the royal family gets their own denomination. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Although if I had Diana bucks, I would save all the Diana bucks. <laughs> Please, why was why couldn't she? Oh I feel God. like this is another one of those like cases where Elizabeth is like failing to register that like what applies to her doesn't apply to everyone else. I hope we get this in the crown. Yeah, I mean, obviously we didn't get a lot out of this Elizabeth. Um, this Elizabeth was played by uh, Stella, Gon is it Gonnet or Gonet? I don't know. How did we, I mean, of the little bit we saw of her, where where does she rank in terms of Queen Elizabeths that we've seen? 
so here's my problem. In the theater, my friend turned to me and she was like, this Elizabeth is such a gilf. And that's all I can think about the entire time. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that... I have no based comments. On, based on what? What? I, that she was a gilf. I don't know. That you don't need anything else. I, <laughs> she's right. I'm just going to say she's right. And, All right. Uh, I'm going to ignore what Carlin just said. Um, <laughs> and to answer your question, Sam, um, in the little bit that we got from this Elizabeth, I did feel like there was a lot of gravitas to her line delivery. Like, there, I mean, she had a larger than life quality and we, we only got like, you know, a few seconds of it. But but I thought like, whoa, like if, if this, you know, actress were, was portraying Elizabeth and, you know, in a more extended role, like I feel like she'd do a bang up job. Yeah, I thought she had a lot of stage presence for sure, which I feel like, again, we've mentioned this before, but I feel like could have been better served if she if she had just not said anything. Like, I feel like if she had just been like a figure that was just like if she had not had any lines, I feel like it would have been very powerful still. Yeah, but you, you say that, but then, you know, when we talked about the the queen sister, all we did was complain about how Elizabeth wasn't in it. That's true, but I feel like she wasn't in it in a different way. Like, I feel like this Elizabeth, like, you always see her and, like, the looks that she would just give to Diana, like, when they were eating dinner. Like, I feel like they said a lot. How, how funny would it be if this movie had taken, like, the queen sister out and we never saw Elizabeth, but we just saw a ton of Philip? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh yeah, God. and 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 he and he was he was he was the one like representing her like okay look this Christmas weekend has to go off without a hitch so oh no can you we're, we're gonna we're gonna sew your curtains shut and you better weigh three pounds more by the end of it I know was it weird that the only other like royal who got to speak was like Princess Anne <laughs> oh yeah I that was weird what was she Wait, doing wh here what was what was her line that this this is where like me being three weeks away from this movie is definitely hurting. Yeah, so Princess Anne is there at the very beginning when Diana arrives, before Diana arrives, she's like the first person to arrive and she gets weighed and then they just, I think, gossip about Diana being late. Oh, yeah, and then they say okay, that, right. they make fun of the fact that she'll say that like half her weight's in jewelry. I think that was also part of it. Yeah, yeah, see, I remember, I, I think I remember being confused and thinking like that was actually Elizabeth that was getting weighed and arriving. And then it became, seconds later, it became clear I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, no Andrew, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's not going to be any Andrew. <laughs> no, uh, wait, what's the fourth child's? <laughs> Edward? No Edward. <laughs> no Edward. Well, they're 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 credited. They are in this movie. I think oh in the background. like the portrait or something, or like in that scene where you see everyone eating soup. Right. That yeah, that must be it. I was trying to like see if I recognized everyone in the portrait, and I didn't. So that was a good. Good, good try. <laughs> I tried. All right. Anything else to mention here about uh, the movie Spencer? Just shout out to Darren. I thought he was great. Oh, uh, I, I will say one thing. At the end, when they're ordering KFC, mm -hmm. did Diana order orange juice for herself? Like, is no, that I, the I think she did gave she? that to William. Did or she? Or Harry? Okay, but she ordered orange juice, which I feel like is just a really weird thing to combine with fried chicken. Again, I, I assumed it was for a child. <laughs> Maybe she just got biscuits. No, she got chicken. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it three chicken? Three chicken. Two, I think some, I think everyone got fries. But did she eat it? <laughs> but but orange juice, orange juice with like fried chicken and fries. 
Again, if it's for I, the I don't, child, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if it's for a child. That is a really weird flavor combination. Someone in like the, one of the writers just um, that's what they get, and they're like, "It's my time." I will say when they started driving away, and um, all I need is a miracle started playing. I wrote down McDonald's question mark. Ugh, so okay, close. I thought it was gonna be McDonald's, and it wasn't. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be McDonald's too. Imagine if it had been Burger King. Oh, do they? Have burger? Yeah, they do. <laughs> and then they get a paper crown. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, can you imagine yeah. like the movie ends with Diana putting a paper crown from Burger King on her head? <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> and then jumping into the ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we get to our kinky crown nominees for Spencer? I there were a couple. There were a couple for yeah, sure. There's, a, there's some good ones. Yeah. Uh, Carlin, what do you have? I don't want to do the obvious here. So <laughs> that moment, I don't remember the other staff member, the other dresser's name. Does anyone know that that lady? Maybe she didn't have a name. Is it Marie? I feel Marie. like it also began with an M, which was kind of confusing. I'll go with Marie. When Diana has the like evening dress on and she just turns to Marie and she goes, like, you need to leave. I have to masturbate. Go tell everyone. <laughs> and then she walks out. <laughs> I mean, like, do we need to nominate anything else? Like, no. <laughs> in all my years, I never thought to think about Diana masturbating, and now it's in my head. So thanks, thanks, Spencer. <laughs> Favorite moment. That was a good moment for sure. I feel like that will win. Uh, Ivan, did you have anything else? No, I mean, and, and quite honestly, like, I had forgotten about that moment. So n now that my memory has been jogged, like, I mean, yeah, how, how could I point to anything else? It's tough. So at one point, um, Major Alastair Gregory says, soldiers become more than friends, you know. And I wrote kinky. But then that guy dies. So I was <laughs> like, can it still be kinky? Yeah. What do you think war is about? It's about soldiers having really sad gay sex and dying. So I had written that. Those are the main two. Obviously, Maggie telling Diana she loves her in like a weird, <laughs> just like... <laughs> hard hard left turn. i mean all the times she's seen her naked like, that yeah was that's true how many times have i seen said. you naked that was a that, that was a, a kinky line a little bit she wants to love and shock her carlin as you mentioned yeah she does maggie says fuck doctors <laughs> <laughs> i mean i also had diana wanting to keep her curtains open so <laughs> for who i don't really know because there's no one there but <laughs> Is it going to the masturbation line? It better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, congratulations, Princess Diana. You have won the Spencer Kinky Crown Award, which I feel like is only appropriate. All right. So that was the movie Spencer. Um, Carlin, you saw it twice. Will you be seeing it a third time? I mean, probably. I have a <laughs> bunch of gay friends. <laughs> Ivan, will you be seeing it ever again? Uh, unlikely. I, I mean, like, I, I don't have, like, you know, any, like, just, like, strong contempt for the movie, but, you know, it, it just didn't do it for me, and, yeah, that, that doesn't really feel like it's worth revisiting. Yeah, I agree. All right, so, um, that is not only going to take us to a conclusion here on Spencer, but that is going to take us to a conclusion on our kind of, like, between-season content. So this is going to close out 2021 for us, and it's been a big... 2021 can you believe that just like you know 11 months ago we started watching season one of the crown and we have just flown through season one of the crown 
the Down Abbey movie, uh, it, <laughs> season two of The Crown, a Royal Night Out, uh, The Queen's Sister. King's we Speech. Watched King's Speech. We watched a ton of stuff. It's been quite a busy. High Park on Hudson. <laughs> oh my God. W.E. Yes. We've just flown through 2021 with uh, a range of, of content quality, um, but we'll be back in 2022 to talk about The Crown Season 3 with a new cast, brand new cast for us. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to see uh, Olivia Coleman, Helena Bonham Carter. So it's really going to be like New Year, New Crown. We, we might yeah. even recast ourselves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... You know, definitely stay tuned for more announcements on that. You can do that on Twitter uh, at Crown Around Pod. That's where we'll, you know, keep you posted on on when we'll be coming back with season three coverage of the Crown. That'll probably not be for another couple months as we take a take a break here for uh, you know the holidays and the winter season. Ivan, if people want to keep up with you on social media in the meantime, where can they do that? I mean, my curtains are always open. <laughs> Carlin, what about you? Um, Twitter at Carlin Greenwald and Instagram at Carlin underscore G-E-E. Right, you can find me on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. Uh, if you you know are curious, you know you dropped in for the Spencer coverage. You were Spencer's biggest fan. First of all, we apologize for you know the smear campaign that we've done, um, but your opinions are valid. But if you're curious about any of the other content we've mentioned here today, you can find that either at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash crowningaround, or on any platform our podcasts are available. And uh, yeah, again, happy Christmas, happy holidays. We'll see you next year for season three. And eventually we'll get to season four and talk about Diana again. So just stick around. <laughs> yes, very true. And God save the queen. God save, God the, save queen. the queen. God save the queen.